write on topics that you're genuinely interested in and really focus on just being you because the truth is everyone else is already taken. When you try too hard to be like someone else online, people can tell, right? Especially when you write online where there's so many audiences, surely one person would know if you're plagiarized or if you're trying to be someone else, a wannabe of someone else. So you don't need any of that, right? And it's harder work. It's easier to just be yourself. Hi, this is Eric here, and you're listening to Hashtag Highly Sought After. Welcome to Hashtag Highly Sought After, and today we have with us a very special guest. She is known as SG Budget Babe, but she's not just known in SG Singapore. She's also very well known in Malaysia. Her blog has 7.2 million reads and 25,000 eyeballs on a monthly basis. She blogs about finance, and most recently, Parenting. So please join me to welcome Dawn. Hello. Hello. Hi guys. Thanks for having me on your show. No, thank you for making time. I heard that you just became a mom. Mm-hmm. Nat's just one year old. Um, no, four months. Only four months yeah, old. Yeah. Oh, so that was a one month birthday, the one that we spoke about. The back then. full month birthday. The full month birthday. Yeah, so you can either do the first month or the hundred days. So um, no, sorry, we had a full month for relatives only, and then we had a hundred days for friends and family. Has Nate changed your life? Mm, a lot. I think becoming a mom teaches you to see things from a lot of new perspectives. Yeah, and you become less selfish in a sense. You really start to think of more people. Then I think everybody should have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, so um, maybe tell us a little bit about your blog, right? How do you got started? Mm, okay, so basically, I've always loved writing. When mm. I was young, um, I actually wanted to be a childhood author. So I used <laughs> to tell my parents, I want to have my books on the library um, shelf for people yeah. to borrow. Yeah. And then um, go out and sign autographs on those books. But then my parents, being Asian parents, were just yeah. like, you know, you can't earn money being a writer. Look at Singapore writers. Do you know of any famous have, and rich have. ones? The true Singapore ghost story, remember? <laughs> During my time, there's this guy, he's always in a mask and I read all his books, okay? <laughs> Book 10, I think. Yeah, he, he was not bad. Yeah. Um, but generally, they're not rich. So he <laughs> no. was talking about how writers don't get paid a lot. So they kind of like swayed me to do other stuff. But I really always have just loved writing. And then um, back in 2014, I was just thinking and I was telling my then boyfriend, our husband, yeah. I was saying like, oh, you know, usually after work, I'm quite bored. Like, what should I do? He was like, what do you like to do? And I'm like, well, I love dancing and I love writing. He's like, then go dance more. Like, but expensive. <laughs> every time I go and pay for so many dance classes. And there's a limit, right? So then he was like, then you write. Lah. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, right. Okay, right. On a block free. So mm. then um, I was stumped. I was like, I don't know what to write about because exactly. I can write about yeah. a lot of things, but I don't feel like writing about myself or my life is particularly interesting. So it was like, well, you have this good friend Joyce, right? And when you all go out, you all always disappear for like two, three hours and you all talk <laughs> nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Joyce, if you're watching this, <laughs> it's really thanks to you. But anyway, you're saying, so you're always talking with her for so long. Uh, why don't you just write something that you always talk to her about? And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So that actually started... Um, and was the basis for my very first post, which was I thought how I saved 20000 a year. Oh. And then from there, was everything else just history. So that was your first post. Yeah. When I was researching on, on Dawn, right, I, I was looking at all the posts that she had written. And my favorite article was actually how I saved $20,000 in a year. And that actually <laughs> ironically turned out to be your, coincidentally, your first post. Yes, my in very first post. In 2014. Yeah. Initially, when you started your blog, do you have any struggles, challenge? Mm, not too much. So for me, right, writing has always come quite naturally. I think it's more of back then it was a struggle between wanting to stay private. 
So that was what made me um, put up my picture as a cartoon person. Yeah, you'll see. It, it's SG Budget Babe, right? Only update it to SG Budget Mom now. <laughs> so does it look like me, right? It's the brown hair, brown and hair. blue hairband. Pretty, pretty similar, right? I think we all have avatars. Right? In fact, I thought that the avatar was a very wise choice because it makes us very curious about mm. who's this brains behind this article that you wrote. You know, the funny thing yeah. was back then on that 20,000 article, right? Yes. There was this reader who commented yeah. and she had a face to her Google profile, I think. Uh-huh. And then everyone thought that that was me. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> how do you clear up? How, do you clear it up? Well, she she came and told me, she was like, hey, everyone's thinking this is me. And I was like, oh, okay, um, guys, this is not me, by the way. Um, That is just someone who commented on the post. And do you... <laughs> Eventually, the people actually know how you look like. Yeah, so eventually, um, I think in 2015 or 16, when I was under Nafneng, um, they actually told me to be a bit more public. So I yeah. started stepping out. Oh my god, so bit. two years of anonymous <laughs> writing. Tell us a little bit about your your spikes. Were there significant spikes in that four years? Because, I mean, it's no mean feat, you know, to have 7.2 million people who read that reads, right? 7.2 reads. How do you do that? What was your your formula? Honestly, I think it's a combination of passion and luck and really just being blessed by how much my readers enjoy the content that I'm writing so that they would want to learn. So um, I think the spikes that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Of course, the first one would have been the very first article. It was lucky break for you, right? Most yeah. of us have to write for what, one year before our article gets a spike. Yeah, people always think like I plan it. The truth yeah. is I didn't. Okay, so I, I need to know. How do you even come up with this title, How to Save 20000 a Year? Is that something that you talked to Joyce about uh, during that season so of I your life? So I talk a lot about saving money. Yes. Um, Joyce and I, we're friends and we talk a lot about finances, how to grow our income, what kind of expenses, what to spend on and what not to. But you know, when I was putting together a title, I wanted something simple. So it just came to me quite naturally out of the blue one day how I saved 20000 in a year. And Got then it. I was just like, hey, that sounds pretty okay. Let me just use that title. Let's, let's pause there. Uh, let's take the block out of the way first. I want to know you as a person. How do you nurture the passion for finance? Mm, I think it's my background. So um, I'm from a middle-income family, but we've always struggled with money. My mom was retrenched during the Asian financial crisis, and my dad has been in a job where his salary hasn't been fantastic, nor has it been really growing over the years. It's been pretty much constant. So, you know, when I was about like um, 16 or 17, um, and I was thinking whether to go to polytechnic or JC after um, my O-levels. Yeah. I really wanted to go to polytechnic. Why? To be specific, I wanted Nian Poly because I wanted to learn media and writing, right? But my parents, you know, being Asian parents, you can't learn much being a media person. You don't earn much being a writer. So they wanted me to study science. And <laughs> because, you know, I was like the quiet daughter back yeah, then. The okay, good, the very be- well-behaved daughter. <laughs> the good girl, the yeah. Asian daughter, right? Um, so I was like, okay, um, why don't I'm, we make a deal? I will listen to you for the next two years yeah. and I will go into JC if you want me to and I'll even do the science stream but in return if I do well enough in my JC to get into any course that you want me to get into for university then you have to respect my choice wow. so they were like back then they were like pretty sure I wouldn't stick to it right but I did you know because writing really is my passion I think they couldn't really see or understand that so um, in my JC I got straight A's in the end I could Whoa, get into smarty. any course <laughs> that I wanted and um, then you know I told them I want to do writing. I want to go into media and then I went to NTU. 
How do you nurture the passion for writing? It was just an imbued thing from young. I love, yeah, I love reading. I love writing. So that just when I was young, I even did like mini storybooks. I pretended I was an author and publisher. So I illustrate stick figure drawings. Could it be that your your mom like make you read a lot when you were young? Might have been. Maybe she did something to me when I was a kid. Like maybe she spent lots of time reading to me, and that kind of just built an encounter. Moms, if you want your children in future to be like good writers, start reading to them. Yeah. Uh, What books? Did you read when you were young? Um, Annie Blyton, Raw Dahl. Um, <gasps> I, I love Raw Dahl. I love Raw Dahl. It's amazing, yeah, right? Yeah, I love, I love it. Yeah, and then Harry Potter. Oh, I was so reading... you were from the Harry Potter era? Yes, of course I love Harry Potter. I'm a Hufflepuff. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm the queen. I would love to be a Gryffindor. <laughs> I love to be a Gryffindor, <laughs> but I was a Hufflepuff in the end. So uh, how I do started... you know that you were a Hufflepuff You take the, the Pottermore quiz. Oh, it's online. She's definitely a big fan. <laughs> yeah, I okay. went to Harry Potter um, studios for my... my in London? Hun- my, yeah, London for the baby moon last year. So I was reading Harry Potter already by primary three. I see. So you started reading, and so therefore you enjoyed writing. Mm. But why finance? So you were I saying really about just, your situation, right? Yeah. So in, you know, my parents told me they didn't have money to send me to university. Although I don't know if that's because I wanted my course and not theirs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I said I wanted to be a dentist, anyway, they would say otherwise. So anyway, they told me they had no money to pay for my university. Um, and my parents' situation is such that they can only be the bank guarantor for one more person, and that obviously was going to be my younger sister and not why? me. Why? Baby of the family, ma. Right, so I had to okay. find my own way around. So the only way I could think of, I knocked on various doors. I I went to friends, parents, relatives, and I was like, "Would you loan me money for my you university?" Oh. Yeah, my best friend mom actually um was gonna lend me, but oh, okay. not very nice, lah. Right. So um in the end, I figured like the best way is really to go and get a scholarship. So I studied really hard, and prior to that, I'm not, I'm not an intelligent person. I don't think I'm smart, but I did manage to get my straight aid and. That got me my scholarship. In so you had end. a strong motivation. Yeah. And then the other thing was also when I was in university, I really wanted to go on exchange. But you know, since you don't even have money for university, you want more in exchange, exactly. right? And yeah. I didn't have a papa mama scholarship for exchange. So I had to work and save up money and be conscious about the pocket money that my university was giving me every month to save enough to get to um, my exchange program. I see. So a lot of it has got to do with your background. I think so, yes. There's a saying, right, that your setbacks are usually set up for your future mm. uh, breakthroughs, yeah, I think your so. comeback. So I think it happened for you. Yeah. Okay, now we know a little bit about you. We know that uh, because of your background, you were interested in finance or mm. savings um, and also that you enjoy writing. So mm-hmm. these two kind of came together. Yeah. So you had your big break. December, do you remember the date? 22nd or 23rd, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, right? Yeah. De- December 22nd, 2014, how I saved 20000 in a year. Mm. How do you know that that article became a success? Um, well, I was just sharing on my personal Facebook page back then, right? I didn't even set up like an actual budget-based Facebook page yes. or anything. And all of a sudden, one day I woke up and when I click on the, the page, so I love to read my own writings as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my own biggest fan. Yep. So um, I click on it one day and at the top of my mobile screen, I saw 200 over shares. And then I was like, oh, whoa. And then it became 2,000. <gasps> then it became oh. 20,000. And then all of a sudden, my friends were texting me saying like, oh, I'm in office right now and my colleague just showed me your blog. And let me clarify, your blog wasn't really a blog, right? Because you you were on a platform, you were blogging on Facebook. Oh, no, on Blogspot. Oh, you were blogging on Blogspot, Mm. but you shared the post on Facebook. On my personal Facebook, yes. I didn't have like a proper Facebook page. 
that you would expect from a yes, blogger, blogger, yes. right? I didn't have that at all. How do you feel when you saw 2,000 and then 20,000 shares? It was, I think part of it was just like, is, are these numbers wrong? <laughs> 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 but I think um, as a writer, right, you do want to have people reading. Obviously. And that helps to motivate you. Exactly. Because when you know more people are reading your works, you were more motivated to write even more. And that's just how every writer, every singer, basically anyone who does something for the public would react, right? So that really motivated me to write a bit more. And then my second post after the 20,000, uh, if I remember correctly, was breaking down how exactly I did at 20,000. Because lots of people are asking, well, how much did you save? How much did you earn in order to save that much, right? And what were the other tips, any other um, hacks that you didn't share with us? Can you um, elaborate more on and that? And that created so much content for you. Yeah, and then from there, it was just very natural. So, so let, let's... Uh... Uh, uh, I, I have a post here right in front of me. I'm very curious to, to read the comments. So first of all, right, have you, do you manage to analyze that uh, how I save 20,000 a year? Why do you think that article was so popular back then for Singaporeans? I think now on hindsight, right, mm. <clears throat> it is not common for people to go out talking about how much money they have. I didn't know it back then. I didn't do it because I knew this. But now when I look back in time and I try to analyze what happened yeah. to bring me to where I am today, I think part of it is really people don't share as much about their finances and much less a woman. So it was rare because I was one of the first few girls to start talking about money. And then also, I think it's also how I managed to save that amount. Because the thing is, I was only in a job that paid me as a fresh grad, right? I was earning 2.5K a month mm. or more like 2,000 take home every wow. month after CPF. So when you calculate how much I had to cut back on in order to save that amount, it was quite a big yep. thing. So it was number one, novelty, uh, freshness. And number two is, it's quite extraordinary that you could save that much money. Mm. So it was these two elements that, that got people to want to go check out your article. I think so too. And yeah. also because like uh. many people of my, my generation back then, right? Mm -hmm. we're, I think that was the whole cafe hopping trend. Everyone loved going to cafes. That's why you see one of my tips is yeah. the cafe suck yeah. your money. You, you know, guys, I, I was researching on her, right? And I was drinking that $5 coffee while reading the post that said we should not be drinking 5 to $7 coffee. It's for vanity. And, and, and then I put my coffee aside and I'm drinking free water right now. So, um, well, it was fantastic. And um, you had 50 comments. Um, there was actually more on Facebook. But more yeah, on, on Facebook. The blog this itself, one, you transferred it here, right? No, I think it, this this was on the blog itself. I see. But when you share on Facebook, people comment on the on share Facebook itself. as well. Yeah. So I have the the virtue uh, the luxury of looking at it right now. So someone asked like, "Hey, may I know which bank do you open your saving accounts with?" Mm. Um, and, and that created a post on what savings accounts to use to grow your money. And someone said, uh, "Hi, budget bubby, <laughs> great tips. <laughs> I can't wait to see your post on investment ideas and insights. Wish you the very best." Mm. And um, that got me started into investing. I love this one. Ivan <laughs> asked, $150 for food per month. I would be very interested to know what you eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> and he actually calculated, you know, assuming you eat chicken rice and tea every single day for lunch for 365 days, you would spend $59. What about breakfast and dinner? So, so I guess the comments actually help you generate fresh content for yourself, huh? Yeah, correct. And uh, if you stay with us, we're going to go deep into the tactical aspects of writing and the tactical aspects of, um, you know, how do you get creative in content creation. So hold that thought, okay? So 2014 was where you had your big break. 
Um, how regular were you blogging during that year? Uh, actually, I don't recall. Mommy's brain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe um, once to three times a week. But um, on average, yes. I try to blog at least once a week. Got it. Up to now. Then 15. What was your big break in 2015? Okay, so the years are a bit fuzzy in my mind. Mm. But um, I remember the big spikes, right? Okay. Uh, so the first one was obviously this post. And then there was another one where uh, I did and exposed on during investments. So there was this season where a lot of companies and investment schemes were hiring influencers to do an ad on their profile. Um, I don't know what was the, the payment terms, like right. was it affiliate or was it just a one-time payment? Right. But when I saw these, and I actually didn't see it, it was my readers who uh, drew my attention to it. So yeah. they would ask me, what do you think of this? Have yeah. you seen it? So I started investigating one of that, uh, which was very hot at that moment. That was a whole invest in during plantations in Malaysia. Oh. And I found a lot of questionable parts of it. So I actually wrote an entire article on it. Um, including bringing up the contract to show how questionable the terms were um, and whether the returns were really that good. And after that, it that went viral as well. Lots of people were talking about it. And then um, later on, even uh, Mothership talked about it. Yes. So it was another big hit where people saw me breaking down this investment Why do you idea. think that article worked? I mean, obviously, it was an investigative piece. But why does it work? I think on hindsight, one of it is because of the whole sentiment towards the influencer industry, right? Okay. People are not as open to influencers because they think that just because they get money, so they kind of like betray their own ethics and values and they promote things that are not necessarily good all the time Got it. just because they're being paid to do so. So back then, people were not very familiar with the world of influencers, mm. right? So that was one. So unfamiliarity was one. Yeah. was one. Other reasons? I think the other reason is also like, you know, wow, this girl just dared to go out there against a more famous influencer and just talk about how this is not so good. <laughs> so I was just like and I got a lot Courage. of flack for that lots and lots of flack you got flack huh? yeah even though you're trying to do the right thing by I guess fans of the people uh, or people who already invested I'm not sure but um, I did get a lot of hits for what kind of hit give us some specificity do you get like hate mail threat mails uh, what, what do you get so on that piece itself not so much hate or threat but People are just like, are you sure? What makes you think you're better? Can you do a better investment uh, idea? So on and so forth. Or are you being paid to bring this down? Or stuff like that. Uh, and I was so like, they question your credibility yes, and your exactly. motivation. Correct. And I was just mm. like, well, it's all factual. You know, I have shots of the contract, which no one else has except if you go through them and you sign. Or you're about to sign. Well, then you will get a very copy capable. of it. Okay. My readers gave it to me. Oh, you're... <laughs> The power readers, right? Yeah, exactly. When you fend for them. Mm. Would you say that another reason why it was very successful is because uh, you were you were standing on the side of your readers. Mm, you, there was no intent be. of trying to attract attention to yourself. It was because your reader asked for that and you try to add value to them by finding out the answers. Maybe, maybe. Could it, it could be. I mean, on hindsight, if we were to do hindsight analysis, that could be one of the reasons. Got but it. I think generally, yeah. it's also like the passion and just doing things that I'm genuinely interested in. Which is? Because that yeah. is just one piece, right? If we oh. look at other spikes, and I've had many different spikes in my whole um, blogging career, career. right? Um, another one was when I wrote on income taxes. Mm -hmm. And then I was quite lucky by somehow, Ho yeah. Ching actually shared it. Ho Ching. Yeah, could you please tell our, our followers, <laughs> uh, viewers, who, who's Ho Ching? So Ho Ching is our um, <coughs> PM Lee's wife. Our Prime, Prime Minister's, Minister's wife. wife. Um, yeah. And I don't know how she came across my piece, but she shared it and that boosted it further. Added credibility for you. I guess so, yeah. Got and it. it was all on how to cut your income taxes. Oh. 
And so you should read it now. An, uh, yeah, because right now is the income tax uh, yeah, uh, tax season, right? season right now. And you actually wrote on how to reduce tax and the Prime Minister's wife actually shared your article. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that was your third spike. Yeah, I had other few spikes which yeah. I don't remember all of them this anymore. This was the memorable one. Yeah, but I think another really memorable one recently was um a series of three articles that I did on Court Life. So okay. basically, I look as a parent myself, right, or when I was pregnant, I was looking at whether to do court blood banking. And I was torn between, is it a scam or is it real, yeah. right? And when I look at it, as I've studied bio in JC. So yeah. I do know the value of stem cells and the promise that they can bring to yes. the industry. Um, but at that kind of fee where you pay almost $5,000 to just store the cord blood, it's not yes. more sum we're talking about. Okay, you know? yeah, some. yeah, so I really did really, really lots of research. I even went down to the lab to look at the process. I talked to sales representatives from every company who did the private court banking. And I even talked to the donor registry um, to understand how it would be if you donated your baby's uh, court blood instead yes. of throwing it away. Yes. And I put all of that. There was so much information, information on it. Yeah. yeah. So I had to do three articles on it in the end. Yeah. And that really has just like gone out. Like it's just been going viral, especially the third one, which is where I compared the three private banks before making my own decision. Wow. And people always think that's a sponsored post. It's not, guys. It's not a sponsored <laughs> yeah, post. Yeah, I did it for my own benefit and I just shared it online. So what have always been your motivation with every post? Like, What was the, the, the common theme for every post? I think when I first started, it was yeah. very basic finance stuff, right? Because I wanted <clears throat> my blog to be like a, a notebook of my own financial learning. Yes. And I guess that resonated with my readers because... Like I'm not very, I'm not majoring in finance, exactly. so yeah. I need to be able to distill it in a way that only I myself understand. Correct. So that maybe help to gain the traction because so finance tips for non-finance people. Yeah, exactly. So that was your phase one where you document down everything you've learned. Yes, correct. Then after that, how then did you evolve? Then after that, it really got into so once the basis and the foundation is strong, right? I mean, we're always learning, but after that, since you already have the a strong foundation in place is really about how you apply them. Mm. So the second phase, I guess, was how I posted a lot about my thoughts on various stocks and investment schemes, including like IPOs and people, even experienced investors and even CEOs were reading it. Wow. So I was like, oh, wow. Where do you <laughs> okay. get the information or knowledge from? Um, it's really just online. It's just how you look at the information and analyzing it and distilling it. So I'm always going from a facts-based perspective, but then based on all the different facts presented, then I'll form my own opinion. Very, ah, like what we learn in school, right? Mm. So getting gather all information and you find your, your own in your own opinion. Yeah, exactly. It's also part of like if, um for those of you who study in JC, you might Critical be familiar writing. with um this topic called general G- paper. Yeah, GP. GP. Yeah. I teach GP tuition as well. So maybe that is also one of the reasons which shaped my voice. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> ask her more about the GP structure later. Oh, okay, that kind of makes sense now. So phase one was a lot of documenting what you have learned. Mm. Phase two where we made was when you get your confidence already and you start mm. doing more investigative and analytical content. Mm, correct. Has it changed for you right now? I think right now it's still that. Still yeah. in the area. But topic-wise? Has... Topic-wise, it basically evolves with my life. So if you notice, right, there are some financial websites or blogs which basically cover the whole caveat of finances in your life. Yes. I don't really do that. I do stuff that's relevant to me at that point in time. Okay. So I only started writing about weddings when I got married and I finished my own. I only started writing about parenting only when I was pregnant and became a parent myself. So it's very attuned to the seasons in my life. Very nice. So your life, I mean, you draw inspiration of content from your life. And my readers. And your readers. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow, that was really good uh, summary <laughs> of uh, how you actually went from zero 
to what 7.2 million reads. Hey, this is Eric here, just dropping in to check in on you. Are you getting value so far from this interview? Because if you are, I'm very happy for you, and I'm really curious to know what are some of the key takeaways. So. After the interview, go to social media, screenshot your learnings, and tag me, all right, so that we can connect. Okay, okay, I'm going to leave you to listen to the rest of the interview. Enjoy. Uh, would you say that social media has also helped you uh, to gain more awareness? Because content sure. has been a very big part of your, your uh, popularity. Mm-hmm. But would you say other aspects contribute to your popularity as well? Um, so I think generally is authenticity like you know having your own voice and being authentic because people can tell when you're fake yeah and i never needed or never wanted to be fake because like you know basically everyone else is taken and i was never in this to become an influencer the influencer lines really just kind of found me if i could put it that way so you know when you're just being yourself and being genuine and true I think everything else would just fall into place. But, you know, we hear that a lot, right? Like, you need to be authentic and uh, there's only one of you. But it takes a lot of courage and maybe even clarity to to be able to communicate our voice. Mm. How do you find your voice? Mm, I think it's through the different years. Um, Over the years, I've always been this brash person um, (laughs) who would just speak my mind yes. but of course after first understanding the facts and the situation yeah. right and that voice changes as we grow as well I think like you know being a parent um, has mm. changed my voice somewhat because I learned to be a bit more sensitive I used to be really brash and really out there right yeah. very strong minded but now I'm like okay is this really necessary is there a better or nicer or kinder way that I can put it through so that tone of voice will change as you go along in life. But I think first of all, it's really having the confidence to accept who you are. And we all have insecurities. Like, Absolutely. I'm insecure. I don't think I'm very pretty. I don't think I'm slim enough. I, I keep telling my husband I hate the mirror now because I look so fat after delivery. And what did he say to you? And he's like, no lah. <laughs> well, we all know he's bluffing. But anyway, like, you know, every one of us has insecurities. But I think those insecurities help us to grow as well. How, how did it help you grow? Because these are all very legit insecurities. And the, the worst thing about insecurity is Everyone around you can say that you look pretty, but if you don't believe you're pretty, you're still not pretty. Mm, how, do you deal with, how do you deal with all those insecurities? I think it's really just accepting. Mm. Like accepting that we would never be the best. And that's fine. You don't have to be the best, right? We are good enough the way we are. And of course, we should always strive for improvement. So oh. when you accept yourself, but you also accept that there are many other things that you need to do to become a better person or become prettier, slimmer or whatever it is that yes. you want to be, then you would be confident at that stage in your life, but you continue to grow. So give, me, give us an advice. So the people watching this are in a service industry, right? Mm. And they are all wanting to build their influence on social media online. Now, they're going to write an article like you, perhaps, but they, are, they have a lot of fear. They fear that the article is has no substance. Mm. They fear that they will get criticism. They fear that they might even get into legal trouble uh, or their things are boring. What do you have to say to them? I think just, you know, um, be confident. The thing is, you are definitely going to get some form of criticism, especially if your articles go viral. The more people read it, everyone has a different opinion. And that's fine. We mm. can all agree, disagree. Yeah. But within criticism, there's also feedback. And when you look at the feedback instead of the criticism, that helps you to grow as a person, right? So like, for example, um, back then, I was getting a lot of feedback on my 20,000 posts. Yes. And I used a lot of those feedback to generate new content. And it helped to really shape my voice moving on. And then like, I always started looking at investments because like you read a comment, a reader prompted me to do that. Mm. So that was my next stage of growth in finance. 
right? So it's really mm. looking, just understanding that you'll never be perfect. People are going to hate what you write. That's totally fine. But you look at the feedback behind every criticism and then you grow from there. Uh, let me add on to what she says. Uh, a mentor once shared this to me and gave me a lot of confidence to create content. He says this, um, when you post something, do not seek validation, seek mm. education. Yes. And, and that's exactly what you just said. Correct. Got it. And we learn not just from sharing, but also what people comment on our posts, right? So let's say if someone, um, one of your followers wanted to create content, but yeah. they're worried, they're yes. scared that their English is not good enough, exactly, yeah. their content not credible enough. Correct. Then, or boring. Exactly. Yeah. So you then work on that feedback. You can first put out your first post, and then if someone tells you, oh, that's a, such a boring article, then you take that feedback and you decide, okay, what can I do to make this more interesting? Right, more interesting that people would read it more and even want to share it. And then if someone says like, huh, that is such a superficial post, yeah. then you look into what can I do to add that to that post. Nice. So it's it's in the in improve as you go along. Yes. And not just sit there and, and, and think about all these thoughts and after that you get paralyzed by all these thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at most what you could do is um, you know, don't publish it publicly. <laughs> you know, write it and then share with a smaller group first mm. of people who will be honest with you and give you real feedback and then improve along the way. This is a damn good tip. It's a very good tip. Mm. Thank you very much, Don. It was no awesome. <laughs> so, I have a lot of questions I want to ask you right now about writing. Okay? Because, mm-hmm. um, and as we were having conversation with Don, right? It, come, it dawned upon me, eh? Pun intended. It dawned upon me that <laughs> uh, her followers followed her because of the merits of her content. It's not because of all the social media tactics that she tried to do, but it's just that she has very good content. And I, I strongly believe that if social media is your vehicle to success, content is your fuel. Mm. And uh, could you give us some tips on maybe writing structure? Like when you write a post, right? How Your inspiration comes from your life. But how do you... Tell us more about that. How do you get inspired to write the next article? So GP 101, right? Yeah, GP, general <laughs> paper 101. The structure of GP articles yeah, um, yes. and arguments that I always teach my students. It's called P-E-E-E-L. P-E-E-E-L. Okay. So the point is basically your TC statement. What's yeah. the point that you're trying to make? What's the argument that you're trying to push across? Then your second E is your elaboration, where you expand on that idea so that the person understands what you're talking about. And then after that, to really drive home the message, you put in an example or even better, evidence. Mm. When my students come to me for tuition and give me an example, I big, I put big cross. I'm like, no, I would not accept it unless it's pure hard evidence. So after you give an evidence that release um makes your argument stronger, stronger yeah. then you evaluate it. And when you evaluate, that's what you that's where you go into your depth, you analyze it, and you come up with a you know very uh, like a light bulb moment and you add depth to that whole argument and the point that you're trying to make. Mm-hmm. Then you end off with an L, which links back again to the point you're trying to drive home. Got it. But where, at, where, at which point do you introduce other arguments or other points of view? So that is one paragraph and you repeat it for every paragraph. <gasps> yeah. But Okay, I don't do that on my blog. Yeah. Although sometimes on daily, I've had people tell me that I write a little bit like a GPS essay. Yeah. Um, but I generally on blog, on online, because it's not a GPS Exactly. Yeah. You generally will follow that whole structure, but it's interspersed within the article. So you can have many pieces, mm-hmm. and you can have one example that summarizes all the different pieces, mm. or that illustrates those different points that you're trying to make. And that's fine. So maybe like, let's try to contextualize this. Like what would be an article that you want to write at, at, in the next... One week. Mm, okay, so one I'm working on right now is diaper comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Parenting. Diapers comparison. <laughs> yeah. So let, let, we, before we go into the content, right, let's talk about the topic. Why, why this topic? So it's something that's relevant to me right now because we're spending so much on diapers. 
So would you say that when it comes to writing, we should always write things that that we care about? Yes, I think so. Which is ironic, right? Because we tend to want to write things that our followers care about. But could you say that at the beginning, we should write things that we are interested in, mm. that we care about. And then from there, put it out there and see who also care the same thing as you. Yes, correct. And that, that's how you build your followers. Yeah, because if you only want to write things that you personally don't care about, but which other people care about, yeah. their level of care and concern for that topic is going to be more than you, right? Yes. So then you would lose your credibility. Uh, you wouldn't be able to convince them and they would know more like, oh, this is just someone trying to write on the latest trend. Ah, uh, yes. Like say for example, income tax. Now it's income tax following season. If you're personally not uh, concerned about how to reduce your own income tax, yes. but you want to write that article because, you know, oh, this kind of stuff is going viral right now, then it will show true from your content. You can copy and paste from everywhere and that's called plagiarism, by the way. Do not ever do that. But it will show <laughs> that you're not genuinely interested. Versus someone who is really, really concerned about it. And when they write it, the tone of voice that comes through will be very different. Got it. So the, what I learned from you is to write topics that we care about mm. first. Yes. Right? Now, so that's done. So diapers. Now, how are you going to approach the article? What's the structure that you will use to write the diaper article? So when I look at diapers on a whole, right, what I am concerned myself would be what are the different brands mm. in the market, the mass market brands? What's the differences between all the different brands? How much are the difference, uh, different brands charging? And is it worth the price point? Mm. And then also because of marketing, marketing always adds on to the cost, yeah. as we all know. Then I'll look at which brands do the most marketing. And is that one reason why their prices are higher? Or is it simply because their quality is really there? That's why their marketing is very solid. Wow. So this would be the four angles that I would look at. And you'll probably see that post in a few weeks. Um, and then I would go into that post and I'll start writing it. Got it. So it's a lot of uh, uh, asking a question first, like which diaper costs the most or mm. which diaper should I pick? Mm. And then you analyze using different factors. Mm. And then based on all the information collected, you make a conclusion. Yes. Got it. So that's one structure you use. Mm. Any other structures that would be very helpful for beginner writers? Um, I think keep it simple. I think over the years as I've gone along, right, um, my writing gets longer and longer. It's something <laughs> that I'm trying to cut down on okay. again. Um, but honestly, when you're starting out, just keep it as simple as possible, but without compromising on the basic PEL structure. You always need, you know, people always say nowadays that a lot of writers, a lot of influencers are very superficial. Mm. I think that's because they don't do the E, mm. that yeah. is example or evidence. They just do, oh, this is my point. This is what I think of it. This is how I expand on it. And that's my point. And it's like, okay, so everyone... So they make a point without backing it up with reasons. Yeah. So it really just mm. becomes a pure opinion. And the truth is, everyone has an opinion yeah exactly and you can buy opinions right with all known influencer marketing so then where is your credibility but when your opinions are built on strong hard facts those are truths right and people can agree with the facts but have a different opinion of you and that's fine they will still read your piece because of the facts got it so let's recap right i, I really love the three uh, the p triple e l which is you make a point mm. and then you elaborate on the point and then after that, you bring in examples and evidence. Mm -hmm. And then after that, what's the last E? You again? evaluate it. You evaluate based on all this evidence. Yes, and, and it then, can be your opinion. Oh, so the evaluation is like your opinion. It could be. And then after that, you link it back to the original point you're trying to make. Yes. I love it. Generally, right now, right, based on people's attention span, how long should our article be? How many words? I think it depends because different platforms offer different value oh, and different time. That's a very right? Point. If you're on IG stories, <laughs> try and do it in one hour IG story, no one would be interested at all. So you probably want to keep it really, really short. Like maybe one or two points per 
IG story itself. Written but also or video format? It could be. Like a lot of my IG stories, right, are yeah. sometimes like text. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, so, you know, just keep it short and sweet because their attention span is only a few seconds long. Got it. But if you're on Facebook, people generally spend a little bit more time on Facebook. Then you can be like maybe one paragraph or two paragraphs. So a lot of my captions on Facebook are just maximum two paragraphs. Oh, okay. And then if you go into YouTube, which I don't yeah. <laughs> because I'm, again, insecurity. But on YouTube, people can go for really short ones or the really long ones as well. And you can do both. Like 60 minutes, right? Yeah, exactly. How about blogging? If I were to set up a blog on WordPress, for example, or Typeform, right? Mm. These are the two more popular platforms. How long should my article be? It's up to you, honestly. It can be as short as you want or as long as you want. Ah, but I think at the end of the day, is okay. what content are you writing and what depth are you offering? I see. So don't don't be too worried about the number of words. Yes. Because if you write something solid, long is fine. Yeah. But if you write something really bad, even one sentence is bad. Exactly. And this is not summary class, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you can write as long as you want. It doesn't matter. Now, I noticed that you have a very interesting platform. Most of us are on Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, right? And ah, LinkedIn will be a very good platform to do blogging as well. Mm, but I could. noticed that you blog on Dairy. Tell yeah. us a little bit about Dairy. This is a new platform to me. Okay, so I basically have different platforms, mm. right? My Facebook is the social media push-out where I update people who are following me that I have a new post. Then I have the blog itself where people organically do searches or they go to the blog itself to see what's the new content. Then I have Instagram where it's a lot more about my personal life, um, the stuff that I use, the brands, products, or the activities that I'm in. And on daily, it's really just like a... a Basically, my personal life itself. Oh, so I would okay. write. Like recently, I just came back from Batam for an anniversary trip. Yes. So I actually documented the whole um, itinerary and what we did in Batam on TV. And it's got nothing to do with finance? No. Well, uh, sometimes, uh, I mean, you could say the expenses part is. But I'll give you an example. Like yeah. um, when I was, so I actually suffered from post uh, partum depression. I read about that. When yeah. I was a mom, right? Um, It was really hard for me. And on TV itself, I was just breaking it down. So when I was depressed, I would just talk about how, oh, this is so hard. No one ever told me it would be this difficult. My nipples are hurting from breastfeeding. My baby seems to keep crying. I don't understand why he's crying. He's yeah. so clean. And I would just write whatever comes to my mind. Yes. And I, it's basically just verbal warming on daily. But I think that's the beauty of daily as a platform as well, which I love because there's almost, there's very little judgment. There is still judgment. Wherever you go, there will always be Obviously, people judgment. Obviously, you're dealing with people. Yes, exactly. But I think it's the story and it's you. So the stronger you are as a voice, and you're, when you're just being real, there will be other people who are facing the same kind of challenges or the same stage of life as you. And that's where you find your connections. And it's a really beautiful thing because when I was having PPD, um, other mothers who had it as well, they would actually reach out to me and they would share their tips with me. So they'll be like, when I had low milk supply, they'll share me their tips on how they themselves boosted their milk supply, whether it's through pumping or through taking certain brands of lactation stuff. Um, when I talk about how I was struggling with my weight. Then they would give me um, solutions and advices as well. Like they would console me by saying, well, you're still nursing. So when you're nursing, it's really hard for you to go and lose, lose weight. weight because if you diet, you, your milk would drop. So, you wow. know, sharing all of that really builds that whole um, camaraderie. So would you say dairy is more like a really a personal platform? Yes, It's, it's it not is. really a platform for you to teach. Yes. Because your financial blog is really for you to teach. Yeah. To be an authority, right? Mm. But there is really for you to just share. Yes. Okay, yeah. understand. When I was pregnant, I would write about what I'm eating even. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, guys, so that's a new platform for you. If you are looking for a place to, um, you know, share your life in words, I think dairy will be a beautiful platform for and you. And pictures too. 
Oh, pictures you can do pictures yeah, and, and videos even videos well. i was um singing karaoke at batam I'm and gonna i just check uploaded you out. it <laughs> <laughs> well that was very good you gave us a lot of tips on writing um any final words for our uh, our viewers in terms of creating solid content mm, i think to summarize it um write on topics that you're genuinely interested in and really focus on just being you because the truth is everyone else is really taken when you try too hard to be like someone else online people can tell Right, especially when you write online where there's so many audiences, yep. surely one person would know if you're plagiarized or if you're trying to be someone else, or not a wannabe of someone else. So you don't need any of that, right? And it's harder work. It's mm. easier to just be yourself. And I think, you know, the biggest advice I would give is many people are afraid. I get that. I'm afraid too, right? I have my own insecurities, but you would never get to a stage where you think you're perfect. If you do, you're not human, right? Wow. So just embrace your insecurities and see criticisms as feedback. And it's fine. People are going to criticize you. They are going to hate on you. But you don't have to care so much about what they think, right? Because those who, who are really close to you, they wouldn't be like that. Mm. And if people really just think only bad things about you, you also don't need them in your life. Yep. You wouldn't want them to be your Yeah, they know your fans. Exactly. Yeah. So you just do you. Just focus on being you, being real. And what can you add value to people? So I guess like a lot of your followers are in insurance and yep. MLM and real estate. Yes. So what do they do good? In If you look at traditionally, okay, for example, um, the insurance agents, yeah. those who survive in the industry are those who give really good advice and do proper planning for their clients. Correct. Right? Their clients see that value and then they recommend that advisor to their loved ones. Exactly. So you can do the same thing online. See, if you do it traditionally, the only people who know of your value and the good work that you're doing is within that network. Exactly. But when you do it online and you demonstrate that, everyone else learns. And then the other thing is, then something, sometimes people will think, oh, but if I share my secret so readily, yes. then people will just copy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? What it's do you have fine. to say about that? Because if people copy, someone else will know that they copied. And copycats can only be after you. Right? They'll never be number one. I love that. So just focus on being you. Ignore the copycats. There will be copycats if you're good. Right? But you just do you. And you just keep creating content, keep doing things that matter to you. And I think, you know, the following or the um, validation that you seek later on will naturally come. Don't write to be validated. Because if you do that, it's very obvious to people and you might not just get that. Instead, what, should you, what was the intent of writing then? Passion. Write about things that you truly care about. And then people, you'll find people who also care about these topics and issues. And that will be the start of your audience. And then it will just grow from there. Wow. That was fantastic. That was <laughs> awesome. I would love to take notes as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dawn from SG Budget Babe. Do check her out. Get some inspiration from there. But remember, do not copy her articles. Instead, <laughs> use that as your platform to be inspired to write content that you care about. And from there, attract your followers who care about the same thing. And then from there, you know, start writing things that you too guys care about. And that's how you build your following. Mm. Thank you very much, Dawn. Yeah. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. You know, here's, here's the problem. The, the people watching this, right, many of them are financial advisors, property agents, or even direct marketers in the area of health. What if their passion is not in the, the area of their profession? That, that means they're not very passionate about finance. They're not very passionate about property or health. Then then that's it for them, right? Does that mean that they have to change the career? Or what? Well, there's two steps they can do. One okay. is to change their career into something that they're genuinely passionate about. <laughs> Please in. don't. Your, your, your manager will, just, will kill me, right? Or the other one would be to tie in with what they already love. 
So, Explain. what do you mean by like, for example, um, you mentioned earlier on one of your followers loves tidying up. Yes. And he's a financial Mary, advisor. She, she loves she, Mary Kondo a lot. Okay, so yeah. she could be basically, she could create content around tidying up one's finances or tidying up your financial life, which has a lot of content that you can write from there. Very nice. That means you use, again, what you're passionate about take the elements and combine it into a topic that you may not have most interest in. Exactly. But now the math start become interesting. And that will now become interesting to you as well. So you found your passion in an area that you weren't very passionate about. So if she were to write about finance in the normal way, right? Which is what everybody does. Yeah, but she would be bored. Yeah. And people would sense that boredom. So no one would like the article. Yes, but true. if she's so passionate about tidying up and she writes about it in tidying up your financial life, she could talk about how, for example, cutting down your expenses, that's definitely cutting it up. Um, and then including tidying, like insurance, yeah. what should you cut out versus what you should get, Correct. right? Your investments, your yeah. educational fund. There's so much that you can write on tidying up your financial life. I get you. Okay. So as long as we have a passion, we, we are onto something. Yes. I think passion shines through at the end of the day and it will lead you to do the things that would help you to become successful. A little bit mechanical though. So when, when, uh, uh, when she posts her blogs and all that, right, in her Facebook is it okay she also share, write about just pure tidying or must she always combine tidying with finance as a post? I think it depends on what is her objective. Okay. Because if she only wants to be a thought leader in finance itself, then everything would be marrying her passion of tidying up with finance. But if later on she wants to branch into other areas as well, you can do so many things that are tidying up. Mm, okay, so it depends on her positioning. Yes. Got it. That's but- why I think at the end of the day, your voice grows with you. And that is the most logical and most organic growth that you will experience. You know, uh, just just a word. That sometimes I feel that we overthink it, which is what I learned from you, which is we think that, oh, I, I'm trying to get sales. But actually, wh- whatever that you're doing on social media is not to get you sales. It's to first get you attention. Yeah, correct. Right, you know, it's not about sales. Sales will come if I pay enough attention with you so much so that I start spending time with you and that time leads me to trust you and that trust is what gets you sale. Correct. Right? So we need to first be passionate about something so that we can play the long game. But it's also the passion that will help you capture attention from people who are equally passionate about the same topic as you. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I guess, right? the more time I spend with you, I'll start to you know trust you. And even if you don't talk about money, but if I trust you, I'll still be willing to meet up with you. And that's when you can introduce the other side of you. Mm. So I really feel that um, today my biggest takeaway from you was go back to your first love, which is what do you really care about? And what, what, do you, what matters to you? Start com- communi- uh, communicating in that aspect. If you're more into video, do it on video. If you're more on the written word, write. Right? But whatever it is, that's the source of all your originality and creativity. Yes, passion needs to be at the heart of what you do. Because imagine this, you are right, you are reading an article as a consumer, okay, from someone who very obviously is selling you something. Would you want to read that? No, I, I would not even want to read it. Already. Exactly, because you know yeah. his objective and his agenda, to use a better word. So you wouldn't care. But if this person has no agenda and it's really all about just sharing his yeah. opinions or his passion, that will shine. And you'll be more likely to listen to that person or to read and hear out what that person has got to say. And then from then, that basically just kickstarts the journey with you. There you have it. She (laughs) said, I have no way to add on to what she just said. (laughs) (laughs) That was really awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the entire interview. I trust that it was valuable to you. Now, it would mean the world to me if you could write me a review. So... 
who knows? Your review may be featured in the very next episode. So what are you waiting for? Go, go, write a review now. Hashtag highly sought after.